This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the Kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Guys, welcome to another post game live here on Dime Dropper for the 2023 24 season. Before we get started, you already know the drill. Make sure you subscribe at Dime Dropper on YouTube and hit the notification bell so you know every single time I post a video. And you can also find this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And follow me on social media at Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod for all things LA Clippers, LA Sports, and NBA 30 piece on the buns. You know how I relish this. How I've been waiting for that series against them for 18 years. I want the buns. Fully healthy. They are so lucky they dodged Kawhi for two series. The luckiest team. You know what I got to say about Phoenix? Here's what I got to say about Phoenix, besides the fact that they need their AC and AZ. Hot as shit. Let me tell you something about them. They are the absolute epitome of so close yet so far in the NBA. See, the Clippers, we were a poor organization, the poorest in the NBA for decades. They... Had Jerry Colangelo running their franchise, who was one of the godfathers. He walks on the court and they chant, Jerry, Jerry in Phoenix. Yeah. They had Connie Hawkins, their second year of existence. They won a coin toss that got them Connie Hawkins. And then they had Walter Davis, Dennis Johnson, a bunch of good players. They got Charles Barkley and made the championship. They made it to the finals in the mid-70s. They've, besides 2010, when they were poorly run with McDonough, because even though Sarver's a piece of shit, McDonough was a bad GM. But James Jones has done a decent job. You can make a case that this Beal trade was a little unnecessary. But they, they've always been competitive. They've always been in the mix. Seven seconds or less. Let me tell you something, though. They've always been kind of uh, easy for me to hate, though, since 2000, since I've been alive. I don't like... Everybody knows how I feel about Mike Dan... Mike and Tony... The D is silent for a reason. Dude, is, I think Mike D'Antoni wouldn't have a great time walking around in Los Angeles, honestly. I think people don't like him here. He's a fraud. And honestly, man, he made me dislike James Harden. Like he, that's actually the fact. I didn't even dislike James Harden before. I thought he was getting a little annoying with his foul baiting, but it was it went to new levels where I just couldn't even stand watching him play when he was playing for D'Antoni. So, Antoni, I got to stop saying the D. But the Suns have always been competitive. But they still can never get over the hump. It's funny because when we played them in the conference finals, I was having a beer with a Suns fan. I was talking to them about some Suns history. Rare good Suns fan, right? And I still have some Suns fans like uh, Lorianne and Kevin that Bryant that live in Phoenix off of Twitter. I love those people. Um, and I follow some good Suns fans. But, you know, it's like I don't like your team. Like I just don't like it. You can't, you can't change my life. You feel me? I would love it if Raja Bell had missed that shot in Game 5 in 2006. I would have loved it because we would have made it to the Conference Finals. And we would have seen Elton Brand versus Dirk, which would have been absolute must-see television. But <laughs> we probably would have lost. Anyway, 
The point is, Phoenix, the fact that they haven't won a championship is more embarrassing than us, in my opinion, because we, what? Um, we've actually had a terrible existence. We were actually ass, our whole franchise history, with a bad owner that wanted to lose, didn't care about winning. Anyway, so let's talk about this game. We won by 30. 30. <laughs> well, actually, no, 27, whatever. 138 to 111. It was an absolute beatdown, but you know what? It wasn't always a beatdown. So let's talk about the game. KD started out on Kawhi, and Kawhi started out on KD. I absolutely love seeing these two match up. And you know what? The first half, Kevin Durant totally got the better of him. Thought he was doing a better job defensively, doing a better job at the point of attack against him. And Kawhi was kind of struggling at the point of attack on him. I thought it was very questionable that we were going drop coverage on Kevin Durant and at times Devin Booker and a lot Bradley Beal in the, in the whole first half after we had just seen Zubats the last couple of games going out to the level of the screen. So... That was surprising to me that against a team with that kind of pull-up shooting that we'd go with drop coverage. And we were kind of getting torched in the beginning. Like Kevin Durant was just walking into mid-ranges and pull-ups. And Devin Booker was hitting shots as well. The funniest part and the best part about this entire game is that the clip, besides the fact that we were the second night of a back-to-back, which I'm pretty sure the Suns were as well. Yeah, they were. The Suns lost both games. Clippers at least bounce back in this one. And here's what's amazing. Our whole big four is over 30. Not even a question if they were going to play the back-to-back or not. Kawhi Leonard's playing a back-to-back, and he's playing well. That minutes restriction yesterday was really weird. When you get a win like this, you can make me be like, okay, it was one game. For the most part, every other game this season, there's been no minutes restriction. There's been no load management. It's been amazing. It truly has been. It's exactly what we've been asking for for five fucking years. Of course, we needed some good health. Of course. But there's a reason why they're acting like this this season. Because they got humbled last year. The whole talk in the summer was, we got to take the regular season more seriously. What was I saying all of last season for those people that have followed me that long? I was getting on them from game four. The approach wasn't right. The only thing we did that hurt us this season was we made a big trade and that took some time to figure out what worked. But our approach from day one, from that Blazers game on opening night, it's been different this year, which makes me believe it's going to be different. And we're going back to the conference finals for the second time ever. But it's all about health, and it's the Clippers, so you just never know. And I'm never going to say that we're going to do this and that. What we should do is we should go all the way. This team is has the number one option. It has, theoretically, the number two option in Paul George. And if James Harden's your third option, this is what 2A, 2B, whatever you want to put it with Harden and Paul... That's what Harden was in Brooklyn. Now he's getting another chance to do this with arguably a better number one. Ooh, KD fans not going like that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But KD was the one getting the better of Kawhi in the first half. Devin Booker was guarding Paul George, just like we saw in the last game. And I love that, given the whole podcast beef and everything. Paul George, however, though, was guarding Bradley Beal. Terrence Mann was guarding Devin Booker. And then Grayson Allen was guarding James Harden. And, of course, Zubats and Yusuf Nurkic are matched up against each other. If it's a Zubats in this game, there were so many great performances that he's going to kind of 
probably go unnoticed or not talked about as much. But he was absolutely phenomenal yet again. I think if you put both games together, I think Paul George and Zubats were our leading candidates for best player with in both of these games in this back-to-back. I would say Zubats, Zubats probably number one. I thought he dominated his fellow Eastern European big man on the other side. Destroyed him. Amazing defense one-on-one around the basket. His defense in general was just better. He was rebounding over him. He was blocking him. He was just the much better player, and it was so clear. And we were just... Yusuf Nurkic is just food in the pick and roll. He's no issue at all. Uh, Nurkic was dropped against Harden, high drop against Paul George, drop against Kawhi in the first half. And Paul George, I really liked the way he was playing in this game and started the game in, in particular. 15 points in the first half, but overall in the game, Podcast P had 25 points seven rebounds, and he played less minutes in this one with 31 on 10 for 19 shooting, four for nine from three. Again, the only thing I'm not a huge fan of is he only got two free throw attempts. But when he's shooting that well, and you know one thing that really helped him, catching the ball at the elbow in the mid post more. How long have I been saying it? Probably since the beginning of last season. Maybe even further if you go back. I don't know. I'd have to look at my own receipts at that point. But elbow P, mid post P is a better P. That dancing at the top of the key he likes to do when he isos is a load of... He's he's nasty with it, but it's so much easier and takes less effort and less chance of a turnover when he catches the ball at the elbow and doesn't even need to dribble sometimes. He's so tall, he can just rise over the top. And there were times where Bradley Beal was guarding him because, of course, the Suns are going to switch one through four. Clippers are going to switch a lot as well, similar one through four kind of stuff. And you'll get those matchups that you want. Paul George right over the top of Beal, and I just absolutely love it when he catches the ball there, and he was showing it tonight, making things look easy. I really love how much Paul George seems to go dislike the Phoenix Suns. I'm just going to put it that way. It seems like he does not like them, which is amazing. I don't want us to like them. We need more teams hating each other again because that's more fun, and I've never really got to see that culture in my time watching basketball, sadly. But I, would, I like it when teams hate each other. It brings out the best in you as a competitor. And you really don't like that person. And I like the way Paul George is playing against Phoenix. It's amazing. The bums. I don't like saying bums because I, I, I still respect NBA players too much to say that about them. You know, They're all amazing. You know, I know how NBA is. But that's why I call them the buns because it rhymes with sons and you know they're bunsies. They're not good. Like I've told you all before the trade, I thought we were better than them. Like... They're not special. Here's the thing, though. They're still going to be a potential like team to make it to the second round because they have three guys, and it's going to be tough offensively to or tough defensively to stop them. But they have no point of attack defense, and they make their they're making KD and Booker play too hard defensively. Like it's just not it. It's just not it. They don't have many shooters. I mean, Grayson Allen is leading the league in three point percentage, which I was actually surprised to see. I didn't actually know that coming into this game because I, I still haven't done my deep dive in the stats league, league wide. But that's not even a deep dive, but I, I just haven't been looking at stats, to be honest, outside of the Clippers and the Lakers. Besides him, the other guy, and outside of their stars that haven't played much, and they have a great net rating with those three on the floor, but their bench is just ass. Like, Eric Gordon is their best bench player. We have Russell Westbrook coming off the bench. Let's talk about him, by the way. He seems to have a vendetta against the Phoenix Suns as well, and we know exactly what that is. 
Fuck Kevin Durant. That was so funny. Remember those days back in the day, little B? Oh, my God. Russell, I'm not saying they don't like each other, but we know that Westbrook has a little bit of an extra oomph when he's playing against KD, and he always has at least one highlight play defensively against them, and he did in this game. Led to a Norman Powell dunk, but his energy right away was amazing. He posted up Devin Booker two times in a row down, scored on him, one with a lay, one with a spin over his left shoulder to the baseline, and then another one with a bank shot that looked like it could have been an and one. And then he posted up, I forget if it was Beal or a guard off the bench, and he drew the help, fed Zubots. And I thought Zoo did such a good job of being right in that dunker spot, ready to go up and be on the receiving end of passes from James Harden and Russ. I thought both Russ and Harden did a great job of getting Zoo some easy buckets. And that starts with them getting two feet in the paint. And Russ, I mean, just the, his defense was pretty good as well. There was one time, though, where I got really mad at him in the first half where he helped, but he didn't actually recover on a man, and he was just going for a rebound very clearly. Like, that type of stuff you cannot hide from me. Like, I see what your agenda is, bro. Like, you want to get a rebound, I get it, but you should probably be picking up, man. Like, we have two guys in the paint already. But anyway, that's a very minuscule thing. I thought Russ was amazing, and I thought it was it was crazy that he didn't start the second quarter. He only got a couple of minutes, and the fans were not happy on the stands. They were mad on Twitter. And honestly, I don't blame them in that moment because it took a little while in the second quarter for us to create separation. It was a very neck-and-neck game for a while. But... Eclipse started creating some separation with PG, T-Man. Ooh, I'm going to get into my Terrence Mann rant later. But he was hitting his three ball, obviously playing solid defense. I thought, you know, Book and KD were doing a really good job in the mid-range area. And um, what's it called? Yeah, just very solid job in the mid-range area and snaking those screens. And KD shot making in the first half, I was in awe of it. Like, as, as I have been so many times in his 16 years, what is it, 17-year career now. He is truly special. And I thought he was doing a good job on Kawhi. But again, you don't want KD and Devin Booker guarding the two best players on the other team. Like, that's that's exactly what I was kind of afraid of when we got Harden. But we just have so much more depth overall to, like, back that up. And we still have a – I mean, Grayson Allen, I guess, is their Terrence man in the sense that he probably will guard the best guard on the other team and stuff like that. But the, the Kata Bates, the Ops, the Josh Akogis, Yuta Watanabe, like these guys aren't clearly moving the needle for them offensively to get into the rotation. But anyway, um, let's talk about Kawhi. I thought he was still efficient in the first half, but despite only shooting six shots. Uh, Harden, at the end of that second quarter, really started dictating and creating some good things in the pick and roll. Uh, hit his mid-range which I love. Remember, one of my biggest issues with Harden was that he didn't embrace the mid-range as I was talking about earlier with Dan Tony. But I like that since he's gone to Philly, he's taken that shot and it shows that he can still make that shot. Remember, in like 2015, like 2016, those years, he was taking shots from everywhere on the floor. It's that Maury ball, it's that Dan Tony ball, the analytics discouraging that. And I think that hurt him at times, even though statistically in the regular season it made him you know, more effective in, the, you know, in that sense. Stat-wise, I still prefer a guy that's going to honor every part of the floor, which I like that he's doing. He had 15-4-7 at the half, creating a ton of good shots in the pick and roll, finding open shooters. You see that chemistry with Zoo continuing to improve, and he was hitting the shot. And I was happy to see it, actually. You know, 
He is growing on me, of course. He is growing on me, there's no doubt. But again, I, I can't say that I like I'm like gonna get his jersey or anything, or like I like him so much. Like I'm gonna tell you how it is. Like on this channel, I'm gonna tell you how it is. On Locked On Clippers, I'll be just only analyzing the game, but on this channel, I get to be myself and tell you how I'm really feeling. It's been weird for me. You know, super teams is something I don't like. James Harden is definitely something I didn't like. But it's to me, it's more about, you know, remembering like how long I've been a fan of this team. Like, am I really going to get those two things, like basketball convictions, get in the way of how much and how hard I'm rooting for them and how happy I'm getting to see them playing the way that they are? It shouldn't be. I know what I have to do. It's internal. But it's been weird for me. I'm not going to lie. It's been really, really weird because I just feel so strongly about some of my opinions. Like, it is what it is. If you knew me in person, you would completely understand why I feel the way I do. But... It's just going to take time. Like, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. Playing against teams like Phoenix that I really want to beat, playing, losing to the Lakers and seeing them talk shit, and at the same time, they're still talking about my team, the Clippers. Like, they're really talking about my team, the Clippers still, that I've supported for 19 years before all these guys were in the league. So, like, it's about the fans at the end of the day. Like, it's about us. It's not about the individuals to me. It's about us, the fans. And that's why I got to remember to keep myself like, come on, this is still my Clippers. I know that sounds insane, guys. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I This is really how I feel. Okay, you, you know, how, anybody that's been watching me before, for the last more than a couple of months knows how I felt about all this stuff. So let's get back to the game. One thing that I thought was interesting was Daniel Tice was actually blitzing the screens in the, fir, uh, in the first half or throughout the game, whereas Zubats was in drop, which actually that's not crazy because we are more willing to send Tice to the perimeter. Zoo's a better rim protector. But against the Suns with pull-up shooters like D-Book, like KD, like Beal, I don't think we should be really playing drop coverage at all. I think maybe part of the hesitancy was, okay, Beal, KD, and Book are healthy now. So if you blitz one of them, they're still going to have each other shooting on the sides. So that's the thing. Maybe that was the resistance. I'm still not for Kevin Durant and Devin Booker just walking into mid-ranges and stuff like that. So... Yeah, I was a little questioned. I was a, I was a little bit uh, iffy on Ty Lue's strategy there in the first half. And because of our offensive flurry in the end of the second quarter, we went into the half up 71-63. to 63. And the third quarter, the crazy part was we only outscored the Suns by two, 30-28. It wasn't really until the fourth quarter that we blew it open. But I thought in the third quarter, Kawhi Leonard was a lot more active defensively. Like... His hands were super active. He created a couple of steals. And you know how Kawhi's hands are. When he gets his hand on the ball, 80% of the time he's coming up with a steal because he just has those mitten hands. The, the class. Yeah. Like Toy Story. I mean, easy. Easy work. Creating turnovers. Scoring off those turnovers. Thought James Harden was making some great decisions in transition, finding open guys. And despite Bradley Beal playing better, we were able to still not let anything crazy happen. Zoo was cooking Nurkic. Like, I can't even emphasize enough to you how badly it was. I mean, barbecue, Bosnian chicken. I don't even know what their cuisine is. I need more information on that. He was food. Whether it be in the pick and roll, Zubat's jump hook over him, blocking his shot, rebounding over him. Zubat's is one of the best value contracts in the NBA right now. He is playing so well, and he is taking a leap. Maybe he just needed a great pick-and-roll partner to make him look good because a lot of players in the league have had bad, better pick-and-roll partners, a lot of centers, 
have had better pick-and-roll partners than what Ivica Zubac has had as a member of the Clippers. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are good, but they are not great in pick-and-roll. You got guys like Trey Young, Tyrese Halliburton, uh, Chris Paul over the years, Damian Lillard, you know, his gravity, Steph Curry as well, even though he's not a... That's the whole discussion, Steph Curry pick-and-roll, how much to do that and all that. But point is, there are a lot of guards around the league that spoon feed their bigs and the best like the most consistent run he's had with any point guard was reggie jackson like we love reggie but he's not the best playmaker in the world so zubats is really starting to show that he is actually getting better he should not be traded he absolutely won't be the reason we don't win a championship and he's also very durable knock on wood in his clipper tenure like zoo is fantastic and he's one of the better rim protectors in basketball. Like, miss me with all that nonsense. He's not that fast in the perimeter. Like, how much do you want? He's a seven-foot white center, but he's got a lot of good skills. Like, these type of centers can still be good in today's NBA. Not everyone needs to just shoot jump shots. And by the way, we underuse Zoo in terms of how good he is one-on-one -on -one in the post. I've been saying that for years. He's a great player. He's the longest tenured Clipper, and it's time to respect him just a little bit more. And you know what? James Harden deserves a lot of credit for bringing that out of him, being the pick-and-roll god that he is. Now, let's talk about the third quarter. I think Harden was uh, still very good. They were blitzing him, though. They made the adjustment. They were not going to just let him walk into shots anymore, and I thought we were doing the right things, M moving the ball, getting good shots. Paul George and Kawhi were looking good. Kawhi now started scoring on uh, – he scored on KD with a little follow-away jumper, and – looking for a shot more. Just very aggressive approach from Kawhi in that third quarter. Um, the Suns actually went to a little small ball with no center out there, and Zoo was feasting, and Russ, like, he came back in and was everywhere. I loved how active he was on the glass. I loved that he was cutting to the basket when they were loading up of him, on him, or loading up off of him. You know, sat, his man was coming over and helping off of, uh, on Paul George, and Russ was doing a good job of not taking the three, attacking the open space, and finding Zuer Tice underneath for some easy buckets. He had only had two rebounds, but they were both offensive rebounds, Russ. But he had nine points and seven assists with only one turnover in 15 minutes on three for six shooting. Only shot one three and missed it. He was also three for three from the line. Now, people are going to say, He's the only one in the minus category in the plus minus. Really? Are we really going to talk about plus minus in a game that we won by 27? And like, are you going to really tell me with two eyes, sit down with me and watch the game, Russell Westbrook wasn't great. He was great. Not good. He was great in this game. I mean, having that off the bench is insane. I felt like he could have gotten more minutes, but again, I'm not going to complain when we're winning. Amir Coffey started getting in on the act in the fourth quarter, getting into his little mid-range, hit a three, nine points on four of five shooting and one for one from three. And I thought we had some solid defensive moments from the Brewmaster as well. A nice reverse layup, the left hand. Of course, he is a lefty. In 23 minutes for the Brewmaster. Love to see him continue to play at a high level. And we just blew it open, man. Paul George, some of the shots he was making on Devin Booker was just amazing. Pulling up in his face. And as I said, mid-post P, James Harden doing his thing. And you know what? Here's where I got to give James Harden a lot of credit. They were trying to go at him on D, mismatch hunting, and he was guarding. He had a taste of <laughs> He had a shot on a little bit of everyone. You know, he got a shot on everyone, Booker, KD, Beal. And for the most part, he held his own, and he actually created a couple of turnovers. So 
if he does this, he could end up being a champion with my team. That would be ridiculous. I can't imagine Russell Westbrook and James Harden, mainly James Harden, holding up Larry OB in a Clipper jersey like with the champagne. Go- okay, I got to stop. Just stop. Just stop. Just stop, dude. Fucking always do this. I don't actually always do this. I never actually do this. I never say these kind of things. But this Clipper team is really that talented. We're a super team. I keep saying it. Look at this. Look at this. The Suns have an attempted super team, though. And ours just actually looks good. Injuries play a part. But what was the point of getting Bradley Beal? Like, he does. He shoots from the exact same areas as these guys. He's not a very good defender. Like, get some defense and some guys that can knock down open shots with KD and Book. How about you get a point guard? This pseudo point guard thing? I don't know about all that. Anyway, um, is there anything else left to say? We just blew them out. Kawhi was getting buckets, and our ball movement was good, and I think it starts with Harden creating good looks and just the attention that our guys get. Like, you double in the post, swing, swing. Like, we're doing a good job. We're playing with joy, and it's just been beautiful. It's just been beautiful. And the buns, how about the fact that they quit, basically? Like, these guys were walking back in transition, just look totally checked out. Absolute frauds, dude. I don't want to hear about Kevin Durant after this season. All-time great. Get him out of here, man. I'm not saying retire. I'm just saying there's certain conversations he just does not belong in. Like, stop comparing him to Larry Bird. Like, let's stop doing that. Anyone that does that just doesn't know the rules of the 80s or just doesn't know what Bird did or never watches him play or watched him play or, if, or ever talked to somebody who did. You see Tween Hezzy Splash... And you think KD's just better than him because he's one of the most aesthetically pleasing players in the history of basketball because he plays now. He's not better than Bird. That's not a conversation. It's more about he's in the conversation with like Dr. J, John Havlicek, Kawhi, Rick Barry, and those guys. <laughs> but I will say this, though. His influence is a lot bigger than everyone I just named. KD's an icon. I still think KD's probably top 20 player of all time. I don't have a list. That's why I say probably. But he's in there for me. He's special. But like he's never going to win a championship as the clear-cut man ever. I said this in 2022. He's never going to do it. Never. And he's had so much talent. So much. If Kawhi wins another, if Kawhi wins a ring with the Clippers, he's top five small forward to me all time. And you know me, I don't do that all time stuff like that because I actually study the history like no other my age. (laughs) So let's read the lines before we get to the uh, comments. Clippers win it with the 37 to 20 fourth quarter. 138 to 111. The defense just tightened up in the second half. Kawhi Leonard especially. I thought Paul George had another really solid defensive game. I'm so happy with the way Paul George has bounced back since Kawhi came back after some of those shaky performances without him. But And James Harden, uber efficient. So let's read the lines. First for the Bunsies, who I still really relish playing in April. Oh, I want them to play them so bad. I need this. I need this, guys. And I just want to win a ring before Phoenix. That would, oh my God, that would be a menace. Oh, uh, the Suns shot 49% in the field, so their offense really wasn't that bad, but 33% from three, 86% from the line, 25 for 29. So they shot six more free throws than us, but we shot eight more field goals than them, and we shot... oh my god from the field so total night and day from yesterday is that partially because the lakers defense is a lot better than uh phoenix you bet but we just also made shots like we're too good of a team that any defense that's not insanely elite and the lakers are not insanely elite 
is going to really hold us down and lock us up like that and can do it consistently. You Like, two games in a row to shoot poorly, we're too good for that. By the way, another sellout for the Clippers tonight. And Oh, if you've noticed, I'm not at the game tonight. Yeah, my fourth game I missed. I, I said this earlier, though. I had two practices to coach. But, yeah, so the Clippers have won 20 out of their last 26 games. That's pretty damn good. 20 out of the last 26. The James Harden trade is looking like a complete success right now, and I'm looking like an absolute idiot. But, but... My concerns were always about the postseason. I knew that Harden would make us better in the regular season. But I will say this. Nobody ever told me, well, what if Russ... Well, actually, they did say, what if Russ comes off the bench? And I said he would never do that. So that's where I was really wrong. But the fact that Russ is coming off the bench... Like, if you had said, well, Russ is going to agree to that. He's going to be an amazing sport about it. And Harden starts, I'd be like, yeah, we might have a better chance to win a championship then. But uh, I still am a little... We'll see about the playoffs with those three. Russ, PG, and uh, Harden. But... I'm enjoying the process right now, right? You got to enjoy it. I mean, I don't, the, the playoffs are stressful. Let's enjoy the ride and look at the coverage you have from me. Like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but is there anybody that's more like on top of what's going on with the Clippers than somebody who does two shows about these guys? Locked on clips. I mean, beat writers, of course, because in the locker room. I can't compare myself to that. But talking to fans, though, like I'm trying to be for the fans, you know? I want to give fans a platform. It's all about you guys. Like it's all about you guys. Even if you're a fan of another team, especially if you support your local team, uh, I really love that. Or stick with your team for a while, have some kind of story behind it. I love. I really do resonate with the local fans or people that are fans of where they're the team that they're from originally or whatnot. Or, but I just love loyal team fans, and I want to give you guys a voice, especially my Clipper fans and my LA sports fans. Even if you're a Laker fan, you know this is a platform for you guys as well. So. Why do I keep going on these tangents before I'm done finishing the lines? Have I even started the individual line for the Suns? I have not. Uh, let's see how many turnovers they had, though. 14 each. That's whatever. I love the field goal percentage, though, the shooting splits for the clips. But the free throws didn't shoot too well from the line tonight. 17 for 23. 74%. So not that great. Even though we, Even though we've been shooting much better from the line. By the way, how's my sound for the people listening live? I know the audio is fine for the Spotify and Apple people, but I've noticed that my sound can cut in and out here and there when I rewatch my streams. Is it like that right now for you guys, or is it solid? Um, but yeah, 52% from three is crazy. Let's read the lines, though, for the Suns. I, some of these role players off the bench are so bad, like I can't even say anything about them. As a whole, and this is counting garbage time, they scored a total of... 30 points off the bench. Like, counting the garbage. Clippers scored 14 plus 5, 19, 28, 37, 38, 44. So there you go. Last night it was the Lakers bench who outscored ours. This time we're outscoring the Buns. Uh, Eric Gordon, EJ, was returned to Staples Center. I wonder if he got a little applause. He had 12 points on 3 for 8 shooting, 2 for 7 from 3 in 25 minutes, and he was a minus 17. Then the starters. There's no other bench player I even want to talk about. There's no one relevant. The starters all played 21 or more minutes. Yusuf Nurkic played 21. He had eight points, three rebounds, two assists, and one steal, and he was just absolute food. Zubats completely ate his lunch. Three for eight from the field. He was one for two from three and one for two from the line. Grayson Allen, pretty quiet. Eight points, three rebounds, two assists. One for three from the field, and all those shots were threes, but he was five for five from the line, so that's how he got his points. And then the big three, Bradley Beal, 
15 points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, two turnovers. He was seven for 15 from the field, 0 for two from three, and one for two from the foul line. So he was pretty efficient. That's the craziest part. My favorite stat of the game, Devin Booker shot 57%. Kevin Durant shot 59%. And Bradley Beal shot 47%. And we were still 30-piecing them. 30-piecing. I mean... What does that say about the Clippers and what does that say about Phoenix? That's really concerning for Phoenix, in my opinion. If their players, their big three is all shooting like that and they still can't, because they can't get stops. But the Clippers also are kind of exceptional. Right now we're playing at such a high level. So, like, they lack a, a pick and roll maestro like a Harden. It would be better if they had a third guy like that around their two wing scores. See? And you know what's funny? I mean, he's not Harden right now, but Chris Paul probably would have been better for them. Um, and, and CP3 would have had a bigger role and a, and a team that fits him much better than what he's doing right now. Devin Booker, 20 points, five assists, six turnovers. A lot of, when we blitzed him, he made some mistakes. And that's the thing about Book. He usually plays great against the Clippers. So it's nice to see him, even though he shot well, eight for 14, two for six from three. I didn't, it wasn't like we couldn't guard him or something. Like it didn't feel like he was unstoppable. It just was like, oh man, that's a great move. Kevin Durant. 30 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, a block, and 3 turnovers. I actually thought he was good. But again, like, KD's not, he's not a true leader to me. Like, he doesn't galvanize the troops. He just, he just hoops. Like, he just plays basketball. He clocks in. He's very good. He plays. I never question his effort, really. But I don't know. I don't think he makes anyone really that much better. I think he's really easy to play with. But I don't know if he really makes other guys better. I think he just, like, the fact that he was asked what, he asked what a leader is on Twitter. Like, if you asked Russell Westbrook what leadership is, do you think he would say, I don't know, or, like, what does that mean? Like, he would give you a full definition. You know, like, Russell Westbrook, let's be honest. Like, going back to OKC, now that I'm thinking about it, KD was the man. But, like, clearly Russell Westbrook was, like, the life of the party voice of that team. Like, I'm seeing Russ's personality now. I mean, even though I already knew it because he's so, such a star, but seeing it on a nightly basis, like, he's, and he's, now it's amazing to see it because he's only getting 15 minutes some nights. And he's still, like, the most lively guy on the team. He is unbelievable. Like, if you ask Larry Bird what leadership means, do you think he's going to say, I don't know? If you ask LeBron, he would give some, like, media-trained, preacher-perfect definition. Kobe, later Kobe, he would give you a nice definition as well. He's, an, he's a lead-by-example guy, though, right? I'm not saying he's not a leader at all. I'm just saying he's not a guy that, like... I think that's part of why he hasn't won, personally. Like... He's a lead by example guy. He's an amazing, he has an amazing work ethic. He, you can't question his effort, like I said. It's similar to Kawhi to me, but the thing about Kawhi that makes me a little bit higher on him than KD, not all time because Kawhi's been too injured, but if Kawhi wins one more ring, I would, if he wins with the Clippers, like, I might start saying ridiculous things, honestly, at that point, because he would be my favorite player of all time if he wins a ring with the Clippers and, like, wins finals MVP. Ah, man, if Russell Westbrook wins a ring with the Clippers, here's the funny part about Russ, though. I love Russ so much, but when I make my point guard rankings, you guys are going to be so mad where I put him because there are certain things Russ does that I can't rock with. Like, <laughs> all right, let's not get too crazy. I'm not going to try to make you guys too mad when we're winning games, and I love Westbrook, but personal fandom differs from what I actually, like, think about players' skill sets and whatnot. But anyway, uh, Mr. Lennett, we talking about the Clipper stats right now, guys? We doing that? We doing that? Oh, yeah, so I finished with KD. Like, yeah, I don't got much to say else. 
we'll see how the rest of the season goes on for Phoenix, who's 19 and 18 on the year. They're eight and seven on the road, so mid. But of course, you have to cut them some slack at the fact that their big three hasn't been healthy. And when you build a roster like that, where three guys are getting paid a bunch of money, and you just have like the 2022 Lakers, like you have a bunch of vet min contracts. You, you know, you're gonna need them to be healthy, and you're gonna need them to play, gain some chemistry together. Clippers chemistry looks night and day from them. Let's talk about the nine-man rotation we played. Uh, Daniel Tice, very solid shift. Six points, three rebounds, three assists, right place, right time, high effort, bounce back game for him. One steal, one block. He was a plus 15 off the bench, shot 50% in 14 minutes. And you saw a little bit of garbage time for Mason Plumlee. I'm very comfortable keeping Tice as the backup center right now. I already talked about Amir Coffey, nine points on 80% shooting. And 100% from three, one for one. How about Brandon Boston coming in for five minutes and having five points and cooking a bit? That was fun. That was really fun. I love Brandon Boston. Homegrown. I love the homegrown. Norman Powell. How good has he been this season? I mean, he's just perfect for this team. Catch and shoot, attacking closeouts, microwave kind of score, and uber efficient. 14 points, five rebounds, one assist, on four for six shooting and two for three from deep. How about that? 66% from the field and from three and four for four from the line for Norm. See, I don't like calling him Stormin Norman because that's Stormin Norman Nixon. Like, I know they call Norm that, but come on, such a copy. I don't like doing all that. But go Norm. Great UCLA Bruin and also great Clipper. And an NBA champion, don't forget. And we had really people trying to say we should trade him before we got Harden. I understand, though, the premise of, like, thinking we're going to need to give up some offense to get Harden, but Maury wants expiring. He wanted expiring contracts. How about, I was talking about Westbrook. Goatbrook, nine points, two rebounds, seven assists, two steals. I just like the intensity. The body language is just crazy when he plays Phoenix. Like, he's he's on some different stuff. Um, And then, is that all the bench? Yeah. Starting lineup. Zubats, oh my god, listen to this stat line. 19 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, 0 turnovers. 8 for 9 from the field, the only thing I don't like. Free throws kind of regressed back to what we were seeing in the beginning of the season. 3 for 6, he actually missed half of our free throws in 28 minutes of play, but 19 and 8 on 8 for 9 shooting. He's just been one of the... I, I can't speak on this because I don't watch every single team like that but i would it would be i would be hard pressed in, the, in this 26 game stretch that we've had to find 10 better centers in the nba like he's really been that good i saw someone dming me much respect to him if he's listening talking about should we trade for clint capella because he's good with harden i watched the hawks their fans want him gone like right now like he he looks so washed it's crazy he, he has no lift anymore he still gets a couple of blocks and it's crazy because if you look at his stats you could never tell but when you watch him play, he just does not have the same lift anymore. And he plays soft. Softer than even Zoo does. Zoo is much better than Capella. How about uh, Terrence Mann? He's back, ladies and gentlemen. He's back. New year. All he needed was a new year. I don't know what he did on New Year's Eve. But now he's shooting like the Terrence Mann that I remember him shooting like. And when he does that, his defense is good. His defense is almost always good. But it's even better when he's making shots. Because anybody that's hooped knows. Sometimes when you make shots, you just got that little extra, extra bit to put in on the defensive end. It's just confidence, man. You know, people have got to stop underestimating that shit. 
It really is important. You don't just become bad at shooting all of a sudden. I don't know. Some people are so stupid, honestly. You don't just become bad at shooting all of a sudden. It's all mental. We've seen this guy for years. He's shooting one more three a game. Give me a break, dude. He's actually getting the minutes he finally deserves. He just needed some time. Also, Harden, you know, Terrence Mann loves transition ball. He's not getting as much transition with Harden. He's getting a lot of clean looks, cleaner looks than he's ever gotten. But he's a he and Russ were supposed to be like the dynamic duo this season in ways. But it's just going to take him some time. Once he starts consistently making that three like he has this calendar year, our offense is going to be top three in offensive rating. I've been saying that. But I just think it's so funny that some of you guys were saying we should trade him and we're giving up on him. This is the guy that broke the curse. That tells you how little actual Clipper fans you really are, some of you. You're fickle and you only care about your standboy lover that you drived over with your with him on your U-Haul truck that you rev up your engine every couple of years to follow these guys. No, Terrence Mann is homegrown. He literally gave us the best night in franchise history in, the, in his second season, his first season getting minutes, and always performed above what we've expected from him he has never consistently gotten the minutes that he deserves and you guys wanted to ship him out because of a shooting slump because he was not giving your favorite player assists and oh and then the russ fans who i love i like a lot of you talking about he, he doesn't do anything better than russ first of all he is a better three-point shooter than russ one secondly it's not about what he's better at than russ he's not better than russ at a lot of things it's about that he's worse it's less is more terrence Mann is not going to go create his own shot He's not going to look to do that. He's going to let Harden, Paul George, and Kawhi do it. We don't need more shot creators in that lineup. It sucks for us. It really does. But Terrence Mann is the type of guy you put next to stars. I don't want to hear you talking to me about our guy. He's cooked. Some Clipper fans also are being ridiculous. Give him at least a season. Give him till the playoffs to talk, start writing him off like that. Some of you are so fickle. You might be saying, you, aren't you the one that wanted Kawhi and Paul George to pack their bags after this, or the Clippers to trade them? Yeah, I did. And, I, I, and I'm hopefully going to be extremely wrong. Right now, I'm looking dead wrong. Terrence Mann, though, has only been huge and available for us, though. And, like, look what he did. Like, that game, I can't emphasize, like, enough what, what people think about. Game five, too, that dunk on Gobert. It wasn't just one game. Everyone said, it was just one game. No, it was not. Did you watch game seven? I have a vlog on my channel. Go check it out. He's a big game player. He is. He's a multiple-year college player. His mom is a coach. He has a high basketball IQ. He just gets in his head sometimes. And I had good basketball minds, legit good basketball minds, saying that, you know, he sucks. He's doo-doo. I'm not saying he's some amazing role player, but he's very good at what he does. And he's, we need athleticism on this team. We need some youth. Even though he's not young, he's like a prime age though. And he still has lift. Like he has bounce. He's 20, he's prime. So, oh, that's my guy right there. That's my guy. You don't understand what that night meant. Just go watch my rant, my, my most viral video. Like just, you can see the pain in my eyes. Have you ever seen that since? You're never going to see that again. Actually, I don't know. This year, we have such expectations now. Anyway, Terrence Mann, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 turnover, 5 for 9 shooting, 3 for 6 from deep, 50%. Let's go. 
one for two from the foul line in 28 minutes. James Harden, 13 strippers, James Harden. Played fantastic. 19, 7, and 10. That's 10 assists. That's another double-double for the beard. I saw him on Saturday night at Pepperdine. That was pretty surreal to see him. He shot 75% from the field and three. Six for eight, three for four, and four of four from the line. The fact that he had 19 points on eight shots is pretty amazing. And he still got 10 assists. I mean, it was just great performance to bounce back from that shitty one last night. And then Kawhi, 17 points, three rebounds, two assists, five steals. You got to love that. And a block. Three turnovers for the claw, eight for 15 from the field, one for three from deep. No free throw attempts for him, though. By the way, how about that between-the-legs spin-move baseline by Kawhi? And it's so funny. Like, it's so much slower than and Kobe and Mike. And Grayson Allen was, like, right in his face when he shot it. But when you have that shot down to a science, it's like a layup, even if you're contested. That's why I don't agree with some people about, like, this. My view of the game is very different. Like, if you have that shot in your repertoire... Not a between spin like that. I'm just saying a contested midi, like all the older players kind of had to have with the spacing. It's huge in the playoffs. It's huge. That's why it's so funny that DeRozan shrinks so much in the playoffs. He like just can't take the high level defenses. And I think it's very mental with DeRozan. Kawhi, like the thing about Kawhi is, especially when you watch him live, like just the way he moves, like he knows he's really, really good now. Like he knows he's just better than people on the court. I know that sounds crazy with the way he played yesterday against Braun, but he just missed shots. Like, he was, he just has that I'm him kind of attitude. Like, he does. Even though he doesn't, like, it's not in your face at all. It's very subtle, but he does. Anyway, how about Paul George, Mr. Podcast? I love how much he hates Phoenix. How about the way he's played in both these games? Oh, man, when Paul George is playing like that, he's first ballot. He's top 20 in the league when he's playing like that. Maybe even higher. 25.7 boards, one steal. No assists for PG tonight, even though he had a really nice pocket bounce pass to Zubats in the first quarter. 10 for 19 from the field, 4 for 9 from 3. So another really good shooting night from him from deep. And 1 for 2 from the foul line. Clippers win it 138 to 111 at the Staples Center in my fourth missed game of the season. We are now 4 0 in games I don't go to at home this season. And they've all been against good teams. Am I the problem? There is no problem because we still win when I'm there. We're also 15-4 and at home and we got seven straight sellouts. People are starting to see what's happening with this team. Thank God I got the best season ticket deal in the history of mankind. And shout out to my Section 207. The atmosphere sounded good again tonight. I couldn't hear much Sun stuff even though they usually bring a solid pocket of fans. 15-4 and at home. It's our last year at Stable Center and I sometimes need to just remember that and not take that for granted. But... I like how we're making it a fortress. 138. Yes, 138. That's a lot of points. To 111 over the Phoenix Bunsies. Get them the fuck out of here. Valley boys. Trash boys. Can't wait to beat them in the playoffs. I want to play them so bad. Healthy, please. I want them healthy and us healthy. Anyway, that's it for me tonight, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. 48 minutes is a lot. Damn. Sorry if I talked your ear off. I hope you were entertained. Next episode, man. What games do we got tomorrow? We got the Lakers tomorrow? Yeah, against Toronto. We'll be, we'll be live. And also, actually, you know what we're going to do? No live tomorrow. We're doing basketball on Figueroa. That'll be out on Wednesday. So, yes. And then on Wednesday, I'll be at the game against Toronto. So, you're going to vlog for that. All right, guys. 
Thank you so much for listening. Now to the live subscribers waiting patiently in the chat. Super chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Peace. Actually, two more things. One, I feel really sorry for John Morant. Even though I hate the teddy bears, I feel really sorry for him that he tore his labrum. He's out for the season. So now I think Memphis should just, they're going to have to tank. This is not this is not a strong draft class. Trade their pick. And then next year they get hopefully Steven Adams back, Jaw back, and Brandon Clark. And they'll be ready to make a run again. And then my Rams. I don't know if I mentioned this last night. We're in the playoffs. They were talking about Caleb Williams season, tank season. How about Puka Nakua? How about Kyron Williams? How about Matt Stafford? Now we got the Lions. My boy Jared Goff. Or as I used to call him, Jared God. My first quarterback as a Rams fan. It's going to be a fun game. I'm happy for the Detroit fans. I really wish I could root for them in the first game, but it is what it is, right? Go Rams. Peace out. Have a great night, LA, or wherever you're listening.